A Different Kind of Feeling Part 5 of the Sugar We Are Going Down Swingin' series A Good Omens Potfic Written by Anime Angel Riku And read by Literarian Two months into their arrangement, it suddenly occurs to Raphael for the first time that he doesn't know what Crowley likes in bed. They've been having sex, well, pretty regularly, to be honest, and Raphael enjoys it so much, he has never had a partner quite as attentive as Crowley, who has already learned where he's ticklish, where he's sensitive, where he likes to be grabbed. But that's the thing. Crowley always focuses on Aziraphale's pleasure, never asking or demanding anything in return. Regardless of who initiates it, Crowley is the one to whisper sweet nothings in his ear and mumble naughty words against his skin. Just look at you, so desperate to get my hands all over you. You like it when I touch you here, don't you? That's all right, I want to hear you say it, want to hear you tell me what you want me to do to you. And Raphael does. And then Crowley follows his every wish and command and fucks him exactly how Raphael wants him to. Oh dear. He hadn't realized how unequal their sexual relationship was until now. He should try to spoil Crowley the next time they have sex, but he just gets so distracted once they start. Crowley's mouth on him undoes Aziraphale, and by the time their clothes have been discarded, he can't form a single coherent thought. From the sofa, where he sprawled in all his glory, Crowley nudges Aziraphale's foot with his own. Everything okay? he asks. Yes, Aziraphale says from his armchair, gripping the book in his hand a little too tightly. Why wouldn't it be? You're kind of spaced out there, Crowley says. His lips slowly curl into a smirk. What's going on in that pretty head of yours? A blush colors Aziraphale's cheeks. He still doesn't know what Crowley sees in him or why Crowley finds him attractive, but he's learned to stop questioning it. Besides, it isn't as though he doesn't enjoy being told things like that. This has been happening with more frequency lately too. Crowley will lay on the sofa and tap away at his mobile while Aziraphale is doing something else, or they'll sit on opposite ends of the sofa, the silence between them comfortable and familiar, in a way that Aziraphale finds a bit odd, but not unwelcome. He slips his bookmark between the pages of his book and closes it gently, clearing his throat. 
Han. Crowley, what, uh, what do you like in bed? Crowley's brow furrows. What? It's just... Aziraphale shifts nervously in his seat. When we have sex, you are always focused on making me feel good. Please don't misinterpret me. I am very grateful for your thoughtfulness, and I assure you, you make me feel absolutely wonderful, but it doesn't seem to be all that fair to you. Fair? Crowley repeats. Indeed. So please tell me, what do you like in bed? Instead of a proper answer, Crowley simply shrugs. I like what we do. That's not what I mean, though, Aziraphale pouts. I want to know what you like and dislike. I want to know how I can please you. You already do, Angel. That's not my point. I'm fine with pretty much anything, Aziraphale, Crowley says, and his shoulders have climbed up to cover his neck, like a turtle who is about to retreat into its shell. Aziraphale could pull his own hair out. Why is Crowley being so difficult about this. Is it that vague a question that he can't answer it? Is he scared that Aziraphale will judge him? He would never, could never. Crowley is magnificent regardless. Nothing he tells Aziraphale will change his opinion about him. Come now, Aziraphale tries, nearly desperate. Surely there are things you don't like doing, or things you'd rather do than have someone do to you. If Crowley has done something he doesn't enjoy for the sake of pleasing Aziraphale, oh, the thought makes his chest ache anxiously. When Crowley shrugs in response again, the gesture is laden with tension, and he crosses his arms over his chest, and he won't meet Aziraphale's gaze. Aziraphale can tell from that kind of body language that if he continues to press the issue, Crowley will close off completely, and he doesn't want to make the darling boy think he is being pushed into a conversation he doesn't want to have, for whatever his reasons might be. Aziraphale reaches over to pat his knee. My dear, he says, I won't force you to tell me anything you don't want. But please remember that I want you to be honest with me, so if I ever do something you do not enjoy, or if I ever ask you to do something you do not wish to do, you must let me know immediately, all right? Crowley glances up at him almost shyly, but then he sighs, sounding defeated. Yeah, he mumbles. Yeah, Angel, I will. 
It is the best Aziraphale can get for now, so he squeezes Crowley's knee and smiles kindly. Neither of them bring up the subject for a week. Aziraphale knows that Crowley will tell him about it when he's ready and not a moment sooner. So it comes as a surprise when, while they're sitting on opposite ends of the sofa, with Aziraphale reading and Crowley watching something on the telly, the darling boy mutes the program and groans. Ugh, I haven't... I mean... He rubs the heel of his palm over his eyes in frustration. Aziraphale sets his book down on his lap and turns his full attention on Crowley, wishing to wrap an arm around him, but not knowing if the touch would be welcomed or rebuffed. I don't really know what I like. Aziraphale frowns, confused. How do you mean? Crowley mutters something under his breath. My past encounters. The way he spits the word encounters, like it's poison on his tongue, gives Aziraphale pause. He has never heard Crowley sound so upset. Let's just say, Crowley goes on, there wasn't much chance for me to figure out whether I liked or didn't like something before it was over. Aziraphale feels his heart shatter to pieces within his ribcage. How could anyone look at the beauty and splendor in Crowley and not immediately want to give him everything? How could anyone simply use him for their own pleasure without taking his into consideration? Has no one ever asked him what he wants, what he likes? Has no one ever wanted to find out what makes him scream, what makes him bite his lip to keep quiet, what makes him moan brokenly and shamelessly, what makes him beg for more? It is a disgrace, is what it is. A crime. No wonder he spoke in such a tone. Aziraphale is determined to make up for all of those who didn't appreciate and worship Crowley the way he deserves to be. He slides closer to Crowley on the sofa, careful to still keep a certain distance between them in case Crowley needs it. Would it be all right with you if we found out together? Crowley glances at him out of the corner of his eye and then looks away. Might take some time, he mumbles. That's perfectly all right, dear, Aziraphale assures him. I can be quite patient. Oh, can you? Crowley asks, raising an eyebrow at him, surely recalling all the times Aziraphale has begged him to hurry, all the times he has pleaded with Crowley not to tease him anymore. And they have been quite numerous occasions. 
Yes, he says, biting back an amused smile. Crowley's expression softens. He really is so unfairly pretty. How is Aziraphale meant to resist him? How is he supposed to look at him and not want to give him everything he asks for? Yeah, Angel, Crowley says, his voice gentle. That'd be all right. Aziraphale presses a kiss to his temple, unable to help himself. For now, that is more than enough. It happens quite unexpectedly. They're sitting outside together by the pool. Well, Crowley has just gotten out of the pool, pulling himself up to sit by the edge, dripping with water and looking all the sexier because of it. He runs a hand through his hair to push it back from his face and the gesture is that of a model's, natural and nonchalant. Aziraphale stares at him over the top of his book with as much subtleness as he can muster, which, to his credit, is close to zero. Crowley must feel his eyes on him because he looks at him over his shoulder and smiles lazily, like he's perfectly aware of the effect he has on Aziraphale and wants to milk it for all it's worth. Like what you see? he asks, as though he doesn't know. The cheek of him, honestly. Aziraphale clears his throat. He regrets not having brought a drink with him. Really, watching Crowley swim is one thing, but being called out about ogling him so openly is another. Not that Crowley apparently minds either way. I don't dislike it, Aziraphale says, his words quivering beneath Crowley's gaze. Crowley towels himself off. Slowly, Aziraphale notices, as if he's putting on a show. And sweet God, is it a wonderful show. His legs look even longer with all that bare skin on display, decorated with nothing except his so-called swimming trunks, which just barely cover his uh, privates and the leather bracelets around his wrists. Even his blasted ankles are arousing, for goodness sake. Aziraphale is helpless to ogle now, and Crowley soaks in the attention, his eyes bright and delighted. Mirth looks good on him. When he has dried himself, Crowley pulls up a chair next to Aziraphale, throws his long, lithe, mouth-watering legs over the armrest, and leans back against Aziraphale's shoulder with his eyes closed. 
He smells of the chlorine of the pool, but there's also a hint of the sunblock he used and a small whiff of his natural, slightly musky scent. Before Aziraphale realizes what he's doing, he lifts his hand to the back of Crowley's head and softly pets his damp hair. Crowley tenses for a fraction of a second, a moment so minuscule that Aziraphale fears he may have imagined it, and then he, to put it bluntly, melts against Aziraphale, sinking on his chair as if his bones have turned to liquid. His naked arms are covered in goosebumps, but he tilts his head back with a pleased exhale. Oh, Aziraphale says quietly. Is, is this okay? Crowley hums, more relaxed than Aziraphale has ever seen or heard him. Yes, all right. Now that he has dared to try something, Aziraphale decides he might as well go all the way. It hasn't gone unnoticed to him that Crowley encourages Aziraphale's nails on his shoulders and on his hips when they have sex, and he wonders if perhaps that rings true for other parts of his body. Gently, carefully, so as not to scare Crowley off, Aziraphale drops his hand slightly lower and scrapes his nails against the nape of Crowley's neck. This time, when Crowley tenses, it's a more sudden movement, accompanied by a sharp intake of air, and Aziraphale is immediately awash with guilt. Oh dear, he says, as he pulls his hand away. Darling, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Crowley replies hurriedly, stuttering over his words. I... He leans further against Aziraphale, as though he can no longer rely on his own body to hold him upright. I like that. Oh. Oh! Well then... Aziraphale returns his hand to where it was and scratches Crowley's nape again. With a contented sigh, Crowley leans into the touch. In that moment, Aziraphale creates a mental list of things Crowley likes and writes hair petting and gentle nail scraping right at the top. He knows this is only the beginning, and his hope is that, as their arrangement goes on and they continue spending time together, he'll keep adding to the list. As it stands, it's a promising start. Aziraphale is... He was trying to say something, wasn't he? Except he can't, for the life of him, remember what it was. Oh, that's good, he mumbles, 
a statement without any thought behind it as Crowley sucks a bruise into the skin of his neck. Aziraphale's eyes flutter, pleasure making his toes curl in his shoes. But there were specific words he wanted to say, not just let his lust-ridden brain speak for him. That is precisely what it always does when he's with Crowley, and it was not supposed to be happening now because Aziraphale was meant to be... Oh, Aziraphale says again. See, when Crowley pushed him to sit on the edge of the bed and then climbed on top of him to straddle him and ravage every inch of skin available... Aziraphale recalled his intentions to properly pay attention to his lover, intentions that left the logical part of his mind as soon as Crowley's lips and teeth and tongue were on him. If he doesn't say something now, he'll get carried away, like he has done for the past three months, and let Crowley do all the work. Aziraphale, fighting against the part of his brain that simply wants to be ravaged, grabs Crowley by the hips and pushes him away, just enough to be able to look at him. Wait, wait, darling. Crowley immediately pulls even further away. Sorry, he begins, the precious boy. No, no, my dear, you've done nothing wrong, Aziraphale assures him. And I don't want to stop. At this, Crowley frowns quizzically, jutting out his lower lip in a pout that Aziraphale finds too tempting for its own good. Okay, so... I was wondering if I may try something. Crowley nods his head rapidly. Yeah, Angel, sure thing. He sits back on Aziraphale's thighs, his hands holding on to Aziraphale's shoulders, and waits, wearing his trust on his sleeves. Well, he would if he were wearing sleeves. His black shirt clings to him by two thin straps, almost like inner wear, hugging his torso as though it is a second skin. His trousers aren't as tight as the ones he's fond of wearing, yet they still shape his wondrously long legs. Then again, anything Crowley decides to wear, or doesn't, suits him. His eyes dark with unhidden lust without his sunglasses covering them, sparkle with amusement. His hair, perfectly done, just begs to be dishevelled by Aziraphale's hands. Or perhaps that's wishful thinking. All right, anyway. What should Aziraphale do first? There are so many options, and yet he doesn't know where to start. 
Above all, he wants to make sure that Crowley is comfortable every step of the way in this exploration Aziraphale has decided to embark upon. He places one hand on the small of Crowley's back and the other one on his chest, securely holding him within his grip, before he leans upwards in the direction of that tempting mouth to kiss him. Crowley sinks into it, the darling boy, his arms curling around Aziraphale's neck with practiced nonchalance. It works in Aziraphale's favor, actually, because then he can maneuver them until he's atop Crowley, his hand on his lover's chest now keeping him in place. It doesn't escape his notice that, when they part, there is a slight fetching blush pinkening his cheeks. Well then, Crowley purrs, his eyes glancing down to Aziraphale's hand on his chest for a single second. It is not an oppressive hold, as Aziraphale would never hold Crowley someplace he couldn't get out of, but there is something in Crowley's gaze that seems intriguing. Something worth exploring and coming back to some other time. Aziraphale adds it to his mental list as a maybe. Would you mind? He gestures up with his palms and Crowley quick learner that he is, scooches towards the pillows and plops himself down on top of them, his hands behind his head. This where you want me? He murmurs coyly. Yes, Aziraphale answers, helplessly honest. Crowley smirks, obviously pleased with himself. Aziraphale holds himself above Crowley on his knees. He starts by kissing the wonderful, delicious mouth beneath him, letting their lips slide together for a moment that feels everlasting. Crowley's tongue swipes along his bottom lip, the devious thing, licking inside Aziraphale's mouth like he's starving, parched for it, and Aziraphale shivers all the way down to his toes. He nearly forgets his mission in the process, so he hurries on before he can get swept away. With a gigantuan force of will, Aziraphale breaks from Crowley's mouth and trails a path of kisses down to his jaw. Crowley lets out a quiet huff, more like a snort than any other sound, but before Aziraphale can regret his choice, Crowley tilts his head to the side, exposing the elegant slope of his neck. Aziraphale has to snap his mouth shut so he won't start salivating over that patch of bare skin. It beckons him like a siren, too mystical and beautiful to resist. 
His lips attach themselves to the spot where he can feel Crowley's pulse thrumming, and his greedy teeth suck the skin between them and bite. Beneath him, Crowley winces in pain. Sorry, Aziraphale cries, already pulling away, but Crowley buries his fingers in Aziraphale's hair and keeps him there, as though he's afraid that Aziraphale will retreat completely. Just maybe not so hard. Oh, oh, that's quite a good concept, experimenting with his strength to find out what Crowley's pain threshold is, where pleasure crosses the line into discomfort. Perhaps he'll prefer nibbles rather than a stronger bite. Aziraphale places his mouth on its previous spot, and instructs his teeth to be gentle with his darling, simply letting them graze the skin and tugging lightly, as carefully as he can. Crowley hums contentedly. Yeah, that's better, he mumbles, his tongue heavy and his words slurred, throwing his head back to give Aziraphale more room to mark his flesh. Aziraphale could stay here forever, painting Crowley's throat with a necklace of soft nibbles. He gets slightly distracted by his nearly bare shoulders, his exposed collarbones, the hollow of his throat, and he litters them all with kisses and soft bites, and Crowley is making these pleased sounds, and Aziraphale's heart soars. But there is still so much of Crowley's body to explore, so much skin to lick and taste and run his hands over, and he doesn't want to keep his dear boy waiting. He reaches down to grab the hem of Crowley's shirt. As soon as he starts to pull it upwards, Crowley joins his efforts, expertly tugging the item of clothing over his head in one swift movement. Aziraphale can't help touching the coarse red hair on Crowley's chest, tracing with the tips of his fingers the paths that it takes down his torso to his navel and into the waistband of his trousers. He can feel Crowley's ribs under his touch, the way they rise and fall with every breath he takes, and Crowley jumps the moment Aziraphale's thumbs brush his nipples. Aziraphale exhales. Crowley has never had that kind of reaction to any caress, not that Aziraphale has been doing much of the caressing. Oh, are you sensitive here, darling? Crowley's response is garbled, a combination of noises that ends up sounding like it could be a word. What was that, my darling? Maybe, 
he mutters, drawing out the first letter for several seconds, as though he's unsure of the answer himself. Oh, he's such a delight, his beautiful boy, such a sweet, wonderful thing. This is what Crowley's previous partners missed out on. Watching him discover himself, listening to him as he realizes what he likes and what makes him tremble, hearing what he sounds like when he enjoys something. Aziraphale pities them, but at the same time he's glad that he gets to have this honor to himself, the only one who gets to see Crowley like this. Shall we find out together? he asks, and then he proceeds to wrap his mouth around one of Crowley's lovely, adorable nipples. A loud, long moan rips its way out of Crowley's mouth, and his back arches off the bed, and his hands clutch Aziraphale's hair like a lifeline as he throws his head back and thrusts his hip up into Aziraphale's. Aziraphale has somehow managed to completely ignore his own lust thus far, focusing entirely on Crowley, but with those sinful, undulating hips bringing the lower half of his body into the equation, he is painfully reminded of how aroused he is at the feel of Crowley's hard cock against his, separated by only a few layers of fabric. He licks and sucks Crowley's adorable pebbled nipple one more time before he turns his attentions to the other one. Fuck! Crowley cries. Oh, fuck, Azira, Angel! Fuck! His voice has never sounded like this, so unhinged in a way, so uncontrolled and genuine, as if these are his instincts speaking rather than his rationale, and Aziraphale wants to hear so much more of it, so much more of Crowley being overcome with pleasure. Is this why Crowley enjoys teasing him with wandering touches and dirty words? Is that why he takes his time disrobing Aziraphale, preparing him, while Aziraphale is so desperate for him? Crowley is a writhing mess beneath him. There's that fetching blush on his cheeks again, but now it goes down to the hollow of his throat, to his dark rosy nipples, damp with Aziraphale's spit, as Crowley whines and whimpers, as he pulls on Aziraphale's hair, as more sounds of ecstasy slip from his lips. Oh, my dear, Aziraphale sighs, the flat of his tongue pressed against Crowley's breastbone, his teeth tugging slightly on the skin around his nipple. Crowley shivers from head to toe, and his legs kick out. 
Could you come just from this? No! Crowley screeches, his head thrown so far back that his neck is the shape of a curve. No, 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 please, fuck Aziraphale, I can't. Aziraphale hums, contemplative. As much as he would love to find out, and as much as he would love to keep licking and sucking Crowley's gorgeous nipples, if his darling doesn't want this to be the end of their exploration, Aziraphale won't let it be the end. It's the least Crowley deserves. Perhaps we can revisit that idea another time, huh? Crowley nods his head with a mule. Aziraphale presses a kiss to the middle of his chest and starts to travel down his torso, kissing the path of red hair that leads to his jeans. He makes a quick stop at Crowley's belly button, at the dip of his stomach, sucking kisses on the skin around it. It takes him a second to notice that Crowley has covered his mouth with his hands to muffle what sounds like giggling. Crowley's shoulders are shaking, and behind his palms, Aziraphale catches the corner of his lips as it curls up, showing just the slightest hint of teeth. He blinks down at Aziraphale with a look of utter embarrassment, and good heavens above, how is it that he looks even more attractive like that? <laughs> Sorry, Crowley mumbles. That, that tickles. Oh, my dear. Aziraphale grins, suddenly very fond. Oh, you have nothing to apologize for, though I wonder if you're ticklish anywhere else. Rather than responding, Crowley, with the most adorable pout Aziraphale has ever seen, undoes the button and zip of his trousers and shimmies them down his legs. His flushed, hard cock tents his pants, the slick head peeking out from the waistband. Aziraphale's prick twitches in solidarity, and he doesn't even care that Crowley used his unbelievable attractive body to avoid answering his question. He needs to touch Crowley, needs to learn the taste and feel of him, needs to sear it upon his memory. He can't stop himself from swiping his tongue over the fabric covering Crowley's cock. He really can't. He's not that strong. Crowley opens his mouth and a high-pitched groan escapes his lips and his knees lock around Aziraphale's sides and he counts his hips up before he lowers them down to the bed again. Angel, he gasps. His hand, seemingly of its own volition, reaches down to squeeze himself through his pants, and then he snatches his palm back as though he's gotten burned. 
But Aziraphale stops it from going too far away, grasping his wrist and dragging it back to his cock. Show me, he breathes, awestruck and marveled at the thought. Crowley furrows his brow and a drop of sweat rolls down his temple. Aziraphale almost licks it off. Show you how you touch yourself, he clarifies. How you like it. Crowley moans brokenly, a sound born from utter, absolute pleasure, and gets to work. Aziraphale helps him pull off his underwear so it falls to the side of the bed along with his trousers and his shirt, and he watches in rapturous fascination as Crowley wraps a hand around his cock and begins to stroke himself. His dear boy starts off slowly, running his hand up and down his shaft in an even rhythm while paying special attention to the head, red and dribbling precum over his fingers. The steady pace lasts for only a moment, and then Crowley speeds up his strokes, his head thrown back and his other hand scratching at his sensitive nipples. Aziraphale sits back on his knees to better enjoy the view. Oh, darling, he exhales. Oh, my sweet, just look at you. You're so beautiful. Crowley is a vision, his skin flushed and sweaty, the glint of a fang biting on his lower lip in an attempt to quiet his whimpers before his lips part in a groan as he tugs desperately at his cock. His knees are slightly bent towards himself and the toes of his left foot are curled on the bedsheets and his eyes are squeezed shut and his hips are thrusting off the bed and Aziraphale has to touch him, can't not touch him. He cups Crowley's hips with his palms and mouths at the underside of his leaking cock, at his balls, earning a cry of his name from his dear boy. Aziraphale! Crowley whines when Aziraphale moves down to the puckered skin of his hole, gently teasing it with a finger before he kisses him there, before he presses the tip of his tongue inside. Crowley nearly leaps onto the floor, probably would have if Aziraphale wasn't holding him. Angel! Crowley screams, his voice as high as it has ever been. Aziraphale has not thought about it often, but it's still an idea that has popped up in his mind once or twice. How it would feel to tease Crowley open with his fingers, with his tongue, prepare him to slip inside him as easily as Crowley does him. 
how he would feel around Aziraphale's cock, hot and tight and clinging, as Aziraphale pulls his legs around his hips and fucks him. Would you like it? He muses aloud, the words mumbled against Crowley's rim. If I... if I fucked you... Yes! Crowley wails, wails! How lovely he sounds in the throes of pleasure. Angel, angel, fuck, please, ah! He thrusts into his hand and his hips snap frantically, and then he's coming, splattering his release on his concave belly, and he is the most beautiful, stunning creature Aziraphale has seen in his entire life. Crowley gasps for breath, his chest rising and falling as he gathers his bearings and strokes himself through the aftermath of his orgasm. His hair, damp with sweat, is dishevelled against the pillow. His eyes open, just barely, and his almost golden irises are glazed with lust, the perfect picture of debauchery. It's too much, suddenly, for Aziraphale to bear. He's been hard in his trousers for so long, he can't wait anymore. Aziraphale pops open his trousers and takes himself in hand. It's an awkward position and not the most comfortable to masturbate, but it doesn't even matter. He's so far gone already that all it will take is a few tugs, just a bit of pressure around the head of his cock and Crowley's hands are on him. Crowley's muttering, growling, come here, come here, under his breath, pulling Aziraphale up until their foreheads are pressed together, until Crowley can slip his slick palm alongside Aziraphale's and stroke him in their joint grip. Aziraphale moans, shamelessly loud, Crowley, that's it, angel, let go for me. Come on. Crowley twists his wrist around the leaking head of his prick, caresses the side of his shaft with his thumb, and then Aziraphale is coming in his pants with a bitten-off cry of Crowley's name. They breathe together for what feels like eons. Aziraphale somehow manages to hold himself up above Crowley, though Crowley quickly corrects that and drags him down for a kiss, his clever, wicked tongue immediately licking inside Aziraphale's mouth. Aziraphale nips it playfully, and he gets a smile against his lips in return. Fuck, Aziraphale. Crowley mumbles, their mouths brushing together as he takes his hand back to cup it around Aziraphale's neck. 
The touch is electrifying, erotic, beyond belief. I don't think I've ever come that hard in my life. Hmm, Aziraphale says. Good. Pride fills his chest, a sense of satisfaction unlike anything he has ever felt. He just gave the most breathtaking man in the world an orgasm like he's never had. And not only that, but he has so many things to add to his list of things Crowley enjoys in and out of the bedroom. He feels like there are still a lot of details to discover, but those will come in due time. So... Crowley starts, a mischievous smirk curling his mouth. What was that thing you said about you fucking me? Well then, it seems like that idea is the next to consider on their exploration of what brings Crowley pleasure. Aziraphale can hardly wait.